Hello, and welcome to the Eccles Business Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Johnson, and I'm so glad you've joined me for our final episode of season four. Today, we are wrapping up our discussion of impact and looking ahead to the relationship between our confidence to make a positive impact and our ability to create safe, inclusive spaces and experiences for the people around us. Here to talk about impact and inclusion is Simone Lawrence, manager of the Impact Program at the David Eccles School of Business. Impact is a partnership between the Eccles School and historically Black colleges and universities to bring students from HBCUs to the U for the summer. Participants complete internships with local companies and also experience the unique culture and activities Utah has to offer, including hiking, rock climbing, and visits to Utah's iconic national parks and one-of-a-kind southern red rock landscapes. The goal of the program is to expose participants to new experiences and show them the difference they can make in places they didn't expect. Simone, thanks for joining me today. Hi, so glad to be here. (laughs) Well, Simone, I want to start at the very beginning of your experience with the IMPACT program, which was actually as a participant. Yes. (laughs) So you are a graduate of Howard University, and while you were there, you heard about this program at the U. Tell us how you heard about it and why you thought it was something you wanted to do. So it first started in 2020, and I was sitting in class, the internship class, and we had people that would come in every a couple weeks just to talk about different opportunities. So this particular week, Pluralsight and Draper, they came to our class, and they were telling us about this new program that was starting, about how they wanted to get more Black and diverse students out to Utah and just experience that program and how it's partnered with the University of Utah. I was like, oh, this sounds very interesting. And the recruiter that we had, her name was Stephanie, and she was doing a really good job at pitching coming to Utah. And then she said a line about something from Hamilton, like, you you know, you have to take your shot. And I was like, oh, I just saw that play. And then just all started to resonate with me. Like, you're right. I should just go out here and try something new. They're paying for their flights. They're paying for housing. Why? I've never been to Utah. Even if I don't like it, another state that I could check off my list. And I was like, why not just go try something new? And then COVID happened and I never got to go to Utah, but I enjoyed my internship experience. So I was like, oh, I could continue to work here and hopefully I'll have an opportunity to go to Utah later at some point. Yeah. So tell us about, you said the class was in 2020. <laughs> yes. You get excited for this new opportunity and then the whole thing changes, right? And you didn't initially get to come. Your first experience with the program, it moved virtual and online. So you were working remotely for Pluralsight yes. as part of the program. But you and I have talked before about how you were still able to kind of make an impact in the company, even though you were remote and not there with everyone else. Talk to us a little bit about that. How did Pluralsight set you up? How did the program set you up? to really find a way to make an impact, even though you weren't there? Yes. So during this time, I had the opportunity to work for the CEO at Pluralsight. That was my internship. And I thought, you know, I was just going to be doing coffee runs. I don't know how I could do that virtually, but I didn't think I was going to do anything important. And then during that summer, of course, we had 
George Floyd's death and that started all the riots and protests. So, and then each company was like, oh, we need to do all this social change and action. And at Pluralsight specifically, instead of doing all this external change where it's like, oh, we're going to donate here and we're going to have these things. They wanted to start with the people at the companies. Like, how can we help make an impact with our employees? So I started with Aaron Sconard and we created these listening sessions with the black employees at the companies and it was me and two other employees. And we just sit there and talk about their experiences. And I'll give him questions to go over to reflect and say, hey, we're not trying to make everyone relive their experiences because you can read that anywhere and read a book. But this is more specifically about this person and how it is at the company. And at first, I didn't really think it was going to be an impact that I was just for show. But then we would have town hall meetings on Thursday and Aaron would talk about the things that I, we talked about in the listening sessions. And of course, only me and the other two people in the room would know what was going on. But I was like, oh, he's actually taking what we learned and applying this on a larger scale. And just the impact that I heard from the employees, they said, wow, thank you so much. I felt heard and I feel like this is really going to make a difference. And from that, they're able to develop a new ERG called C-Color. And that has just grown where they take people and like, hey, you know, people like say we don't see color, but for you to understand your experience, you have to see color. And they started this group and it's been really impactful at Plural Sight where they still keep going on. And whenever I go to visit, they're like, oh, thanks. You know, you helped start this. And I was like, I never thought I would have that impact just from having these listening sessions. So that's been great to know, especially now that I still live in Utah and they're still one of the companies that I work with. I feel like it's so nice so often, and we've talked with other guests about this this season, is that we make an effort and then we don't always get to see the result. Mm -hmm. Impact is often sort of delayed mm -hmm. or it happens somewhere else kind of out of our sight. Mm -hmm. That's so nice to still be here, to know that something you started is still going and to be able to see the impact yes. that it keeps having. I love that. How about through that experience, Simone, the impact on you? You said you expected grunt work, internship type work. What did it mean to you to be given that opportunity and that space to make a difference in an area that is really personal to you? I think it was just special that they saw something in me that I didn't see yet. And they're like, well, you have these skills and opportunities and you can make a difference right now. And I didn't see that in myself. Like, oh, I'm just a college student. You know, I, I'm interning here what could I possibly contribute here? So it's just knowing that they saw that I could make the difference and just giving me that chance to do it. And sometimes I feel like that's all that people need is that opportunity to say, hey, you can do this, even though you don't think that you can. And I think seeing them give me that opportunity in that space, I was just grateful for that. We... Sometimes you can go into spaces, especially like EDI spaces, and you just kind of feel like, oh, I'm that token person. And they wanted me to to be like, oh, well, you know, we have Simone. We have a Black person in our C-suite level, and she can speak to what's going on. And I like to make it very clear that, yes, even though I am Black and in this space and I can relate to this, Black isn't a monolith, and I can't speak on the behalf of everybody in the company. So how can we bring in all of their voices and just uplift that together? Because I just can't speak on that behalf. It's such a good feeling to be seen and to yes. be heard. And I love how you describe that it gave you this boost of confidence 
because this is something we've also been talking about this season, the Eccles School value is actually confidence to impact your world. Mm -hmm. So not just how can we make an impact, where are the spaces that we want to make an impact, but how do we really in ourselves and in other people build up that confidence and that belief that we can make an impact. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we really need someone else to create the opportunity for us first to be able to see, like you're saying, oh, actually, this is something that I can do And it just took someone else sort of showing me that. Yes. This experience that you had at Pluralsight is really the experience that you're trying to create with the impact program here at the U, trying to create that experience for other people. And IMPACT is actually, the name of the program, IMPACT, is actually an acronym. So walk us through what each letter stands for and how that represents what you're hoping to accomplish now as the manager of the program. Yes. So originally the program was called For You, By You. And, you know, it's a nice name, but it didn't have that ring. So when I first came into this position, I thought, what are we trying to offer the students and what can we do with this? So I was just writing words down and it just happened to formulate impact. So the first letter is for internship, mentorship, professional development, academic achievement, community engagement, and travel and tourism. And really, we're trying to give these students, we know we want to offer them internships. We want to give them the opportunity to be mentored and mentor other students. We work with Summer Bridge over the summer as well for them to talk to these incoming college students. P, we want to give them professional development. We offer them networking workshops. We offer them headshots and just resume building as well, just so that, hey, you're out here, you got the job, but how you can continue to enhance these skills. Academic achievement, we also want to give them opportunity to get class credit. So you're just, oh, you're out here, you're working, you're getting these skills, but you can also take these courses back and take them to your classes. So now maybe you can graduate early or you have the space to take on an extracurricular that you want to do that you weren't able to before. Community engagement, we want to make sure that they're able to meet people in the community. So I make sure we have an advisory board and I do events where I invite everyone out just with people of color so they can meet them. Say, oh, you, you've you been living in Utah. You work in this space. How do you do it? If you have any questions that arise, like how do you work through these conflicts? Or even if they just want to ask them, hey, where are the best food spots around. I just want to give them the opportunity to connect with them if they were to move here, like who would they be spending their time with and finding these places. And also want to make sure that we give back to the community as well and have community service component where I make sure that they're meeting people in the community. Like Ogden went to the Lantern House and we flew out a community service group as well who helped us with that. So just make sure you know you're giving back to the community. And then last one for travel and tourism. Uh, spoke to a lot of people who are native to Utah and they don't do a lot of touristy things like visit Moab or go to any of the national parks. And I was like, oh, well, this is an opportunity for them to travel and go to a different state and see what they have to offer here just for the touristy attractions as well. How was it for you when you came? I actually want to back up for a minute. So <laughs> you completed your internship with Pluralsight virtually during yes. the pandemic. And then you actually came to Utah as an intern with the IMPACT program. Yes. So you hadn't been here before. It was your first (laughs) time. 
What did you think of Utah before you came and how was it the same? How was it different when you got here? So that's actually really funny because usually you would think people would do all this research like, oh, what's out here? What am I going to learn? I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to Utah. And then I started packing my bags and everyone's like, oh, you're going to Utah. Well, you need to watch out. What's out in Utah? And, and I was like, well, have you ever been to Utah? And of course, the answer was no. I was like, okay, well, respectfully, I do not care about your opinion. I would like to go find out for myself what Utah has to offer. And of course, you know, there is information where I could have looked up, but I just didn't want to have any biases when I came here. Like, oh, this isn't what I expected. I just was like, oh, we're here for this internship. I've been working for a while, never been here before. Let's just go and see what I can learn from Utah. When I actually came here, there was really nothing for me to combat or debunk. It was just like, oh, people were really nice, and I wasn't expecting that. I am originally from North Carolina, where people are nice, but I moved here from D.C., and that fast Northeast lifestyle, people aren't always the nicest. And just the mountains just had this very calming effect that I wasn't used to being in the Northeast. Like, there's just so many buildings and concrete, but being able to walk outside and see the mountains on any side— it was just so beautiful. And I was like, wow, why were people saying all these horrible things about Utah when it's actually a really great place to live? How do you feel like coming to a place, you did this, you watched your students do this, coming to a place that is a little bit outside of your comfort zone, outside of what you are maybe used to, away from your family, how do you think that contributes to building this confidence that we are talking about? What's the impact of that experience on the students as they start to discover their skills and places where maybe they can make a difference? I think specifically with my students is, you know, we attend HBCU, so we're surrounded by predominantly Black people. Then coming to Utah and at university specifically, you're surrounded by predominantly white people. So I think in that space, you're used to seeing people like you don't have to explain yourself too much and you just have this understanding. So having to go out into a different space where you're not understood immediately and have to explain yourself. And I think learning these skills at the HBCU and being placed in these environments helps you develop that confidence in yourself. Like, oh, I thought I'd only be good in this one area, but being able to show up who I am authentically and not shy away from that in this environment and know that, hey, I'm meant to be here. I'm here for a reason. And these are the goals that I'm trying to do, I think has been very impactful for them and for me as well. And I feel like it teaches you like that old phrase about New York City. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, <laughs> yes. you know, but I feel like for these students who are coming from, like you say, environments where They've maybe been around people with a shared lived experience and coming here where they do have to maybe do a little bit of outreach or a little bit of education, explain themselves like you're saying, if you can do that here, then the sky is really the limit. The world yes. is your oyster. And that I think is a big confidence booster <laughs> Yes, and something to really look forward to. That's awesome. As you come into these spaces, as you prepare, right, whether it's here at the U, whether it's at Pluralsight, whether it's out in the community where there is maybe a perception that, oh, there aren't Black people in Utah, there aren't Black professionals, mm -hmm. as you're 
you're debunking some of these myths that maybe other people have. Mm -hmm. What impact do you think that has on a company like Pluralsight or on a community as it becomes more inclusive, as people become more aware of the diversity of people, of thought, of opinion? How does that change a culture in a company or at a university or even in a in a city or a state? A lot of times people want diversity just because right now that's the cool thing to do. So you don't really know too much about it. You just know, oh, everyone has a DEI or EDI or whichever variation of equity, diversity, inclusion that you have. And one thing that I think is there's not a lack of information out there. It's just a lack of people having the access to it. I always consider myself a liaison between people and information. So if anything that I can do to get that out, be like, hey, this actually is not true. This is the reality of the situation. I think that just helps us become closer as a community in general with at these companies say, oh, you know, how did I, did I really want these students here? Like, oh, I thought we have a new perspective. It looks good to write down. But I think having that impact of, oh, having someone from a different community and different perspective in our environment has actually increased our productivity. It's increased our ability to collaborate and just have a better worldly view of what's going on. Because if you're just surrounded by yes men all the time, of course, you're always going to think you're right. Sometimes you think what you're doing is you've been doing the same thing for so long, so it's always going to be the right thing. But sometimes you just say, no, that's actually just because it's been working doesn't mean that it works. I love that. <laughs> yes. Just because it's working doesn't mean that it works. Just because we have always done it this way doesn't mean it's the right or the best way mm-hmm. to do it. Speaking of companies and these initiatives and this idea that sometimes it is kind of just a token or checking a box, what do you think are some mistakes that companies or even people can make when they're trying to work in the EDI space, when they're trying to create inclusive spaces? How are some ways that we get it wrong? So specifically, it's like, oh, EDI, that means we need to hire more people of color. Well, that's kind of exhausting sometimes, having to always be that person to educate and lead those spaces. That doesn't mean don't rely on these people, but just putting like, oh, well, you can do this because you're Black and you get it. So be in this space or you're Asian and you get it. So you should do this. And I think Yes, that is true, but just to put them in a specific box to say, oh, you have to do this because you understand it or in this space, it's just not. You're removing the accountability from yourself to say, well, I don't have enough information. I can't do this. So someone else can do this. And that's not equitable at all. Yeah, I love what you said that groups are not a monolith, right? And there's Mm -hmm. lots of ways that we can put people in a box. We can say, well, you are this type of person. So now we rely on you to speak for everyone Mm -hmm. that we have put in your box. And you might think, well, that's not the box that I fit in or (laughs) my experience is very different from this other person's experience. But I think you also bring up a great point, Simone, that we can sometimes focus on just one part of inclusion, just racial inclusion Mm -hmm. or just gender inclusion. But we're talking about everything that makes a person who they are, Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about 
race, gender identity, sexual orientation. We're even talking about where you come from in the world or in the country, right? Mm -hmm. These are all things that we also don't want to restrict when we're thinking about inclusion. These are all perspectives to include. And I feel like the wider net that we cast, then the less we have to rely on one person to speak for everyone. For the whole community, yes. (laughs) So we've talked about some of the potential mistakes or the things that make it scary, but talk about why it's important for companies and other organizations to try anyway. What are the benefits and the positive impacts that they can experience if they get a little confidence and step into the space? I know everyone's afraid to fail, but that's part of life. If you don't fail and see the areas that you messed up in, how do you know how you can do better? I know for me specifically, when I see companies reaching out and and doing this actual work on the other end, it makes me feel better about what's going on to see you putting in the actual work. And not just the thing that I can never get out of my head is the brand Band-Aid when during George Floyd, they're like, oh, well, now we're going to have Band-Aids for all different skin tones. And it's like, great. You could have done this so many years ago, as long as you've been around, but you waited until a Black man was dying and for this whole outrage to protest for you to create this change. And I just don't think things should have to be as drastic for you to say, oh, actually, we should make a change. When, in fact, you should just say, hey, I see this need in our community. We should just try anyway. And if you get it wrong, at least, you know, it's coming from a place from the heart and it doesn't seem performative and it doesn't seem like you don't actually care and just trying to check a box off. I think that's actually the perfect example of where is it coming from? Yes. Right? Where is the change? Where is the effort coming from? And if it's because I'm a company and I don't want to be left behind, I don't want to miss out on a segment of business. Mm -hmm. And so I leverage something really tragic and traumatizing so that I don't sort of fall behind. Mm -hmm. Then that doesn't ring true, right? But if I'm a person, if I'm a company, an organization that is consistently putting in the work, regardless of what's happening externally and saying, okay, this is something that is important because it is something that's important and how are we going to work on it, then I feel like there's a lot more maybe leeway for getting it wrong here and there Mm -hmm. because it's coming from a place of like a true desire for change. Yes. Tell us about this relationship between the impact program here at the U and companies trying to make this change. How do you feel like the program placing students of color in these companies, how do you feel like that contributes to their efforts to really do inclusion and diversity from the right place? We actually added a new component this year. The companies have to go through an EDI certificate where it's just a one-day training, but we bring in Howard professors, professors from the U, and they just go through how we're going to interact with these students that are coming out here. Like, yes, we understand the benefit of EDI, and everyone has to go through all these trainings at the companies, but very specifically taking students who are in these predominantly Black spaces, students who are 18 to 20 years old, 
students who are just starting internships, becoming into the workforce? How do you connect with them and create this to be a better experience? And I think that's such a great idea because it sets everyone up for success, right? It sets the student up to be coming into an environment that's going to be more inclusive, more welcoming, more empathetic. And it also sets the company up to maximize their experience, right? To really leverage the skills and the experience of the student that's Mm -hmm. coming and then also to make an impact on their own culture. You mentioned how these experiences with these students really motivate you to keep the program going, to keep it improving. What are some other things that you're hoping to develop with the program, other impacts that you're hoping it can create for the students and for the companies that are participating? Yes. So I would like to add on just more professional development skills. I, The part that I just struggle with, I know they're new to working full time. And I know it's the summertime. They want to be out in a new environment, go out and explore. So I don't want to over-program too much, but I also do think it's important for, you know, if you're learning these skills at the companies or what skills are you not learning and how can I help hone in on them and advance them? One of the things I say to students, even if you found out, you came out here, you thought this is something that you really enjoyed doing, and now you actually hate doing this, what else did you find and what other opportunities did you, or experiences did you gain from being out here? I think for the companies, what I'm hoping to do is have them be more involved and sponsor more events so they can actually get to work with the students outside of a work environment and see what it's like to just interact in the community and... I think that would just be great, better for their understanding, because once these students leave, how can they recruit more locally from students that don't attend HBCUs and how can they interact here? I think that goes back to what a little bit of what we were saying before, like what's the motivation, right? And Mm -hmm. expanding it beyond just, I have a person who checks this box in my company, but creating a really integrated community experience, right? These aren't students who can just make a positive impact in your business, but how do we create an inclusive community where we're impacting broader and broader experiences? How about you, Simone, the impact program and its impact on you? This has definitely taught me more about myself than I thought it would. Just even from the very beginning, I thought I was just going to come in. I was like, oh yeah, I can manage students and create fun activities to do. That's great. Easy. And then it just kind of evolved into more like, no, what, what are we really trying to give these students? What really do we want? What outcomes do we want from this? And, you know, we all have the university goals, but for me personally, I was like, if I was a student going through this, which I was, what would I want to gain from this? And I just think building that community, learning what you like and don't like, and just having the opportunity to experience new things and expand. And from someone who cares about you and just being that person that I can impact other people's is, has made an impact on my life. It's been a great ride. Um, (laughs) I've been enjoying myself and I can just only hope for this program to just keep growing, but also like everyone has their own expectations of what they want the program to be. But I always try to stay true to myself, like, oh, what are the strategic goals and what's actually possible for us to do? And how can we just wrap this all on a like global scale? 
Well, Simone, I know you've had a huge impact on the program, on the students, on the you, on the city, (laughs) on the state, on the world. (laughs) Tell us about someone who has made a big impact on you, a person who's really impacted you. I guess I'll just start from the heart with my father. He was really one of my first biggest inspirations. Wow. Where do I even start with him? So when I... When my dad was 15, he lost his vision, like, just randomly. And so he just had to grow up. He's legally blind because he's five feet away. And then he he didn't stop that from letting him go to law school. So he's a lawyer now, runs his own practice. And then, you know, he met my mom, had me. She died when I was two. So then he was just started raising me by himself. Blind man, can't drive. We can't go anywhere. We don't have help. And just seeing him be able to persevere through all of those obstacles, he didn't let that stop him. I will tell people all the time, like, oh, yeah, he's a lawyer. And then, like, down the line, I'll mention something about how he's blind. They're like, wait, but you said he's a lawyer. And I'm like, don't ask me how he did it. He had help through college. He just didn't let those things stop him. Even when I was younger, we had walking everywhere or even setting up his law practice where he would have the time to just spend with me and make sure that I could develop these qualities and know that I could do anything I wanted to do. And, of course, when your parents tell you, you're like, yeah, dad, like, I know you think I can do everything. Yeah, I know you think I'm beautiful, but like you have to say that you're my parent. But no, really just hearing that from him and seeing the different ways that he would move around me to uplift me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in court, but I can't do this. I got to make it to my daughter's recital just to make sure that I had someone to support me really impacted how I like to support other people and show up in their lives and show that there's really no excuse if you want to get something done it can be done and you can put aside the right resources and time to make it happen. And I know he was sad when I left to go to Utah, but he was also very proud. Like, you know, I knew when you were born, that was the worst and best day of my life because I knew that he actually delivered me in the car. That's another, he delivered me in the backseat of the car because we kept missing the turn to the hospital. I'm like, how did you do this? And he was like, it was the best and worst day of my life because, you know, you had this beautiful girl in my hand, but I knew you would just grow up one day and have to do your own thing. And he's like, I just wanted to give you all those tools to be able to do that. And I feel like he has. Anytime I feel not motivated, I'll call him and I'll say, hey, dad, like, what's going on? He's like, you got this. I tell people all the time how amazing you are. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're right. So it's been a very big motivator and impact on how I navigate my life. <laughs> I think Knowing that people love us, that they care about us, Mm -hmm. that they want us to do well, nothing gives us more confidence than that, right? Yes. If they think I can do it, then I think I can can do do it. it. Simone, thank you so much for joining me here today. I've loved our conversation. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone listening that wraps up this season of the Eccles Business Buzz podcast. I want to say thank you to all my guests who shared their stories this season. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us. I hope you've been inspired by these stories of impact. And I hope you found a little extra confidence in your own ability to go out and make a difference wherever you are. We'll be taking a short break and then we'll be back in September for season five where we'll continue our discussion of equity, diversity, and inclusion, including exploring how focusing on inclusion in our personal, academic, and professional lives can make us more empathetic contributors to the world around us. 
we'll also hear from more people like Simone, who are working towards creating more equitable and inclusive experiences here at the Eccles School and farther afield. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe to Eccles Business Buzz wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Eccles Alumni so you can keep up with the latest news until we're together again. See you soon for season five. Eccles Business Buzz is a production of the David Eccles School of Business and is produced by University FM.